Well, welcome everyone to another episode of WA This Week. And look, uh, our first live stream on YouTube. So look, if you're on YouTube, make sure you send in your questions. Um, like this to be interactive. So uh, once I've finished discussing a few topics, happy to answer any questions that people may have. And look, um, first up, uh, you know, something that's perhaps not of much interest to the general uh, public, um, but I think is a really critical part of our political process, and that is it's been estimates weeks in the in, in the lower house of parliament. And what that means is that the minister comes in to the parliament with all of uh, his or her uh, advisors um, and uh, departmental heads that relate to that minister's department, and the opposition has the uh, chance to ask them questions about the detail of the budget. And look, I don't think there are any bombshells um, in, in terms of that whole process, um, although some things were revealed. But there was one thing that came out of that process. Uh, I might say as an aside, a bit of a gruelling process of uh, uh, three 12-hour days in a row of, uh, of intense having questioning the government. Uh, can I say I know that uh, many of you that do shift work and uh, many of our particular nurses and midwives would say, well, wow, we do that every week. But nevertheless, um, it was tough for us. But look, you know, I think the overall theme that came out of that was you know, you've got a government, lots of dollars, nothing to do with them, as I've said many times. They are um, rolling in cash because of the GST fix put in by the former coalition government. Um, and also, obviously, iron ore royalties, iron ore prices are still way up um, and, you know, literally billions of dollars rolling in. Um, but what we see is is a lack of delivery. And one area that I've spoken about a number of times and and is a ongoing concern for us as an opposition, I think for everyone in the state of Western Australia, is the issue of housing. Um, you know, obviously, you just, ought, you know, people trying to buy houses, <clears throat> someone trying to rent a house, you know, all of that is just becoming almost impossible um, and, and extremely difficult. But um, the, the Labor Party, as I've mentioned many times, when they came into office, they sold off 1,300 homes. They've only, I think, just got to the point of having replaced those. They promised thousands more and they promised millions of dollars of expenditure. But, of course, they've been, you know, this has been shown in six years. They haven't even, you know, or only just replaced what they sold off in the first year. Anyway, the Premier was being pressured on this by the media because the media along with the rest of the public, are getting really sick of the government's excuses of failing to deliver on, on public housing. There's a massive wait list, you know, thousands and thousands of people that need to get into home. And, you know, what's the sharp end of a lack of public housing is that people are, are sleeping rough, uh, you know, they're homeless, and so maybe they can crib a bed somewhere, but otherwise they're sleeping rough, and, and we just see all too much of that, and especially cruel. Oh, I think it's cruel all the time, but especially cruel during the cold winter months. Um, the Premier this time, he's, he's, you know, they've had the spin doctors working hard on this one. They've had all that 110 journos or more that they've got. They've been working hard. The Premier came up with this great line. He said, oh, the reason they sold those houses, it was to, it was to get rid of drug dens and, and ghettos. Well, does that require just a little bit of analysis? And let's just sort of, you know, unpack that a little bit. Um, one... The houses didn't disappear. I mean, the houses are still there. They've just been sold to private owners. Um, what, were they selling them to drug dealers? Maybe that was their plan. They thought the drug dealers were flush with cash and they could put a bit of money into the government. I mean, you know, the other question it begs, if the Premier and, and his Minister for Housing were aware of this, 
then why didn't they do something about it? If these houses uh, are apparently the epicentre of drug manufacture in in Perth and in Western Australia, well, boy, I reckon the police would be pretty interested in that. Any police minister that was on top of his job, not out there, um, you know, parading around every time there's a stash of cash found, um, you know, he'd be doing something about that. What an absolute farce. Uh, and this is the Premier of the state. I mean, you're not talking about some, you know, backbencher or some new minister who's not quite sure about what their job is. <laughs> this is the Premier who's been in Parliament for 27 years, and that's the real reason they sold all those houses. I mean, this is just farcical, and it shows the desperation of the government trying to spin its way out of inaction. And if there was a theme that came across uh, in estimates, it's a lack of delivery by the government. I mean, look at Metronet. It's blown out by another couple of billion dollars. I mean, you know, you, you say these numbers, these sort of these sort of numbers just roll off the tongue. But, you know, imagine what that means for those rough sleepers. Imagine what it means for, I know, for many of you who are doing it really tough, real hardship, and yet you're facing increased fees and charges from government. You know, and, and that, you know, that they, they just have not delivered on the Metronet. And, every, you know, they've probably announced every railway station 20 times plus. It'll be fascinating to add it up. Um, but still no trains actually running on the lines they've promised. And, and then they've gone further. They're shutting down the Armadale line. Now we hear the Armadale line's going to be shut down for 18 months while they're doing level crossing projects. Albany Highway's going to be blocked from one end to the other with buses trying to uh, deal with that. And, and the project's going to be dragged out because they're actually competing with themselves. So they're competing with other Metronet projects for labour for that. And they're competing with the private sector, including people who build houses. I mean, this is a government. All they can talk about is spending dollars, but they're not delivering and they're making some really foolish decisions. They're going to make things harder, not better for the people uh, of Western Australia. Um, one thing I did have an opportunity to discuss about with the Minister for Transport, the Honourable Rita Safiotti, uh, was in relation to traffic congestion in my electorate. Now, you know, sometimes people roll their eyes a bit when I talk about my electorate and they go, oh, well, it's all those hoity-toity people in in the western suburbs and, you know, why should uh, we worry about them? But, well, one, they're people and uh, they're important people to me because um, they're the people that I represent in Parliament on, on top of my broader state duties. And, 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 you know, just like you, they've got to get to work. They've got to get their kids to school. They've got to go to all those extracurricular activities outside of school hours and the like. And and traffic in, in the whole western suburbs, that particularly the area constrained along Stirling Highway between the river and the sea, is is just massively congested. And now it's routine in the in those, you know, critical hours in the morning, and really from about 7.30 on, you know, through to about 9.30 and then the afternoon, uh, from from the school hours through to the late afternoon, just massive traffic jams. Um, and, of course, the thing is, a lot of that traffic that comes through the area is actually traffic coming uh, from the south that wants to go into Perth because if you want to go north-south, you've only got the freeway or you've got the coastal route up Stirling Highway, up Curtin Ave. Um, and, and you're seeing massive traffic jams all the way back, and it causes enormous amount of distress. There is a huge loss of productivity for the state for people being stuck in traffic jams. And I asked the minister, and I've asked this before of the minister, what are you doing about this? And they've been in government for six years. They're not just there for Labor electorates, although fascinating and, and another topic perhaps, but 
to talk about what they've done with their funding. We talk about sports rorts, my lord. Um, you know the degree to which grants uh, uh, to fund uh, to sports bodies and others is only focused on labour electorates and heart, labour heartland is just appalling. But if we come back to traffic, all and, and of course there's an enormous amount of traffic north, south, and south north. I mean, half the traffic on Stirling Highway is actually commercial traffic. This is butchers, bakers, candlestick makers. It's builders, uh, you know, trying to get to their work. It's it's people that have to. Um, transport goods into businesses up and down the coast, uh, and they can't do it. And the minister, they've got no plans. They're, they're, they're thinking maybe they'll do something around level crossings. Nothing in the forward estimates. That's nothing in the next four years uh, on that. What I suggested to the minister was that she have a look at plans that the uh, transport uh, main roads have already uh, looked at or an idea that they've already looked at, and that is the possibility of using tunnels to go uh, to bypass that congested area for all of that through traffic. If you did that, you would massively free up the uh, traffic in the area. And they've already evaluated that, uh, going from North Lake Road through to the Swanbourne Barracks, but also looking at um, joining Stirling Highway, so going from south of the river to join Stirling Highway near the university. Now, this has really done well in other places. Any of you that have been to Sydney would know you go north of Sydney, They've done the most fantastic job decongesting their road system there um, with tunnels that feed the traffic from Sydney Harbour Bridge off into uh, distribution freeways and roads, and that works really effectively. San Diego in Chile, it's built in a constrained, it's built in a glacial valley. It's a long, narrow city, a bit like Perth, um, and they, in fact, have a freeway, tunnel freeway system going the entire length of the system. Very simple to use. Uh, and very effective of uh, dealing with, with traffic congestion. Now, you know, I had a, a journalist in an online article um, uh, describe this as a bizarre um, suggestion. And look, I, you know, uh, the, the article was actually a pretty fair article, but the headline I thought was perhaps unnecessary. Um, but nevertheless, uh, that's by the by. Um, but, you know, this is not some fanciful idea. Tunnels are uh, surprisingly are quite often a cheaper alternative than surface roads. And it's not because laying down a road isn't just you're laying down a bit of bitumen on some compacted limestone. It's all of the services. When you when you widen roads, you have to move gas, um, water, uh, electricity, uh, but also all of the communication infrastructure. And in fact, that can be, and in fact often is, the largest cost of these roads. And of course, Stirling Highway is very constrained. You couldn't widen it um, without... Uh, resuming many millions of dollars worth of real estate. Uh, and, and of course, it's all shops um, in, in large parts of that area. So that's not practical. So, look, I want the minister to take this seriously. Um, it's a serious suggestion. Main roads have already done some preliminary thoughts around this, and something has to be done about traffic um, in the western suburbs. I mean, this is where the government wants to put all their high rise and their high density. I mean, you know, we saw in the paper this week um, uh, a local millionaire uh, who was asked about where they want to build their house. He said he wouldn't build it in the western suburbs because he doesn't want to have to put up with the traffic congestion there. I mean, so this is a real problem. And, and you've got a government that's got no solutions. As I say, they love to focus. They love to make announcements about things that don't actually do. And they love to, you know, they're focusing their attention on those labour electorates. But we need to deconstrain traffic in, this, in western suburbs. This affects... Uh, hundreds of thousands of people, um, not just the people that live um, in that area. 
Um, perhaps a little bit uh, of, of a different topic, but um, I sometimes get interested in um, some decisions that are, are, are at the federal level. And one is that we heard this, um, uh, the West ran a story recently, apparently the NBN, the National Broadband Network, which is a public-owned uh, entity, they're, they're desperately going to go out and spend basically half a billion dollars of your money to expand the uh, NBN network into regional communities, not because they're desperate to provide regional communities with uh, high-quality uh, um, data access and, uh, and the like, which, which I'm an absolute supporter of, but because they want to compete with a private operator called Starlink, um, which is a satellite-based system, from getting in there first. I mean, what a joke. Um, you know, why would you do that? It's Look, the critical thing is, and this is really important, regional communities need really high-quality, high-bandwidth uh, access um, uh, so that people can go out, they can run their businesses, and it gives people the opportunity to obviously start up their businesses um, out in regional areas when they have that high-quality internet access. So I'm a 100% supporter of that. Um, but why would we have a government entity desperately trying to outcompete uh, a private provider where that private provider is providing a, a cheap, high-quality service? I mean, this is you know this is where I've said before socialism gone mad. We we seem to be living in some socialist utopia at the moment, and and you know they don't look at, at, at the 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 service that people need and perhaps the best way of doing that is just purely this philosophical bent which is going to end up wasting hundreds of millions of your dollars. Look, um, stop there. There's lots and lots of things around at the moment, but um, very interested in any feedback you've got and any questions uh, that you want to uh, you want to provide. Yeah, no, um, everyone has been quite shy today. Oh, no, no questions today. Well, that's good. Um, the, uh, look, thanks very much. Look, um, this is obviously available uh, as a podcast on Facebook, Spotify, YouTube, and TikTok. So please... Um, share it um, with your friends and uh, look at it. You can subscribe to those just by looking at Dr. David Honey. Um, otherwise, um, continue to give us your feedback. I know you do and um, uh, happy to reply uh, where that's appropriate. Thank you very much.